It is Advent, and a Happy New Year to you. It's my first time in this pulpit, folks. Give me a little bit this morning. So this is the season that begins the church year anew. Not Christmas, not Easter, but Advent. And it is the season where we are supposed to prepare and wait. But for what? Dear eight pounds, six ounce, newborn infant Jesus? For the second coming of Christ? And the judgment that is surely to follow? For Santa Claus and presents under the tree? Maybe for Christmases of our childhoods, Andy Williams, Perry Como, if you go that far back, the Heat Miser and Snow Miser, Rudolph, Yukon Cornelius. Maybe we're waiting for them to come to life again. My husband and I live in Tempe, and yesterday we went out looking for what people look for this time of year. Ugly sweaters, a tree skirt, just the right LED lights amidst piles of plastic red this and glitter-covered green that, which was overrunning the store. Ross for less, if you have to know. I heard a voice crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord! Prepare the way of the Lord! No, actually, that was not the voice I heard at all. Instead, I heard a voice that said, I'm so tired of Christmas. That voice was that of a young mom. Her cart was full also with the trappings of the season. And she had what appeared to be a three- or a four-year-old girl in the bottom of the cart, under the gift bags and the pretty ribbons and the peppermints and the whatnots. I'm so tired of Christmas. She had with her also a 10-year-old boy who was full of, Oh, Mommy, please! Oh, please can't I! And at the sounds of, I'm so tired of Christmas, he put down the headphones that he held in his hands, and with this, his entire face collapsed. And with that, a sigh. Almost one of shame. Just so tired the mom said under her breath, and she shook her head. And the little one stood in the cart triumphantly and said, I'm tired of Christmas too, Mommy. Let's just go home. Comfort. Oh, comfort my people. It is surely not the secular commercial Christmas that we are eagerly awaiting. Earlier in the week, I was watching the news, and injustice soared off of the monitor into my den, casting long shadows over one of our crash sets. And I saw a young woman being stabbed. I saw two people shot in a shopping mall, and I saw guns and violence, fear and crime and racism covering us in darkness on all sides. And I also saw crowds who were marching, and I heard strong prophetic voices crying in the wilderness of injustice. However, they were not saying, 
prepare the way of the Lord, they were saying, we can't breathe. We can't breathe. Comfort, oh comfort my people. Something is being born this Advent, but I'm not sure it is only the sweet infant in the manger or the cozy Christmas family dinner that people are waiting on the streets. Is it then the day of judgment? I don't know about you, that's not what I'm waiting for. Is that what you're waiting for? The day of God's justice? That triumphant return of Christ when all will be set right? A new heaven and a new earth when right relationship is finally at home. Isn't that what we're all waiting for? We modern Christians tend to assume that all of the excitement about Jesus' second coming was over a long time ago. Indeed, already by the second century after Jesus' birth, when Second Peter was written that we heard this morning, Christians were starting to wonder, what was taking so long? What are we waiting for? And now, it has been over 20 centuries, and maybe we're all wondering, did we misunderstand the Lord's promise? And today, we certainly don't know what to do with all the language about a fiery end of our world. We don't like to hear the threats. We roll our eyes over these grand metaphors. We're tired of waiting. Our faith tells us that transformation has to happen. So we tell ourselves it's up to us to bring about justice. It's up to us to be Christ's hands and feet in the world after all and to live lives, as Peter says, of holiness and godliness. Aren't we now the ones who are supposed to start digging out those highways in the desert? Moving mountains to get our world right with God? And yet, How can we? We are lost and adrift in the commercialism of Christmas. How can we find our way out of the desert? How can we, oppressed by sin that we are unable even to breathe, how can we bring about the kingdom of God on earth? You know, scholars believe that the first line of Mark's gospel the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, Son of God, is really the title for the entire Gospel of Mark. You know, ancient scribes didn't have time for fancy spacing and punctuation in their manuscripts. According to Mark, the beginning of Jesus' story is his life and his death on earth, followed by the announcement of the resurrection to the fearful women who came to the tomb. That's it. Everything we read in Mark's gospel is just the beginning. The middle of Jesus' story, the story of the good news, is how we all react to it. How we choose to live our lives. After the beginning, the middle of the story is how we go 
into the world in the light of the resurrection. The middle involves our attempts at righteousness, our attempts at repentance, at courage, at justice. But that's just the middle. And all stories have an ending too. And the end of this story, the end of the story of the good news, our family album, it doesn't depend on us. Not on our best attempts and not on our worst failures. The end of the story is the new heaven. The end of the story is the new earth. It is salvation, it is healing, forgiveness, and it's all God's doing. And we can dress it up, we can dress that ending in the language of the day of the Lord, we can drape it in the images of Christ's second coming, we can paint it in the colors of a new creation. Christ rises from the dead. Good triumphs. Evil does not have the last word, and it is that very ending that gives hope to the middle of the story. Today, I charge us to hold that hope tenderly, to hear the words of comfort that God offers us as we plug away at transformation. Because remember that it is God that comes down at Christmas time. It is God who clears the way of the path. It is God who levels the hills over and over and over again. And this Advent, when the days of waiting seem dark and long, I long for us at Trinity to acknowledge with our lives and with our voices the comfort and the hope of the story's end. Comfort, we think, is a soft concept. It is not a working word. It is not an action word. However, the English word comfort is a combination of the Latin words cum and fortis, or with strength. So the theological concept of comfort is likewise to be vigorous. God tells Isaiah, tell Israel this, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and he will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. Comfort, oh comfort my people. Lift up your voice with strength, oh Jerusalem. Herald of good tidings, lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities, here is your God. Here is your God, flattening those shopping malls to the ground and planting a garden in the wilderness, 
a garden where plastic garlands become grapevines and tinsel turns into life-giving rain, a garden where everyone has enough to eat and children and adults alike mirror the joy of God in creation. Here is your God. Here is your God, wiping out injustice, burning with fire the drugs and the poverty and the hatred, bringing down the powers that corrupt our souls and our world, bringing those who are in and those who are out, those who have nothing and those who have everything together in an embrace of trust and friendship and love, just as God sees us in God's sight. Here is your God, and it is not a dream. It's the end of the story, and it is an ending that we can even take a peek at. I have seen glimpses from this altar in the Eucharist. I have seen glimpses in the faces of those serving and those served at Grace in the City. I've seen glimpses in our courtyard on an early Thanksgiving morn and in the schoolyard of Garfield Elementary this past Friday night, in the shared office space upstairs filled with toys for ICM I've seen glimpses. We might look around and wonder where our comfort will come from. When will the unrest end? When will the valleys be lifted up and the mountains made low? And that's why Advent gives us John the Baptist, who tells us that there comes one after him who is mightier than he. Thank God, then, for Advent, which gives us a time to prepare, to meet again that someone that happened, that same Lord Jesus, the comfort of God's people. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, O people of Trinity. Be the herald of good tidings, Lift it up and do not fear. Say to the city, here is your God.